You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen Bigfoot or another cryptid, we want to hear your story. If you've seen a ghost, we want to hear your story. If you've seen a UFO or had an encounter with an alien, we want to hear your story. If you've seen anything supernatural, or if you have a suggestion of a story you think we should cover, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Just want to give my occasional reminder that my email is massively backed up. (laughs) It's backed up to the point that someone offered to help me with mm-hmm. the email, which is help I will gladly take. Yeah. But I have to take the time to figure out how to actually do that, and I actually don't have the time to set that up for the person to help me. So it's kind of a circular problem I'm in now. In any case, the email's still backed up. I'm doing my best. Uh, don't mind reminders, and I'll try to get to everybody in turn. Thank you for being patient, and thanks for sending all the contact. I do enjoy reading all the stories and submissions and so forth, but sometimes it it takes a while to get through everything. On tonight's show, we will be talking with Shannon, who has multiple experiences throughout her life. Ghosts and some orbs and oddities in Gettysburg, sleep paralysis, giant cats, and more. You haven't seen a lot of, like, tiny cat experiences, have you? Like, miniature cat experiences? Miniature cat experiences? I don't know. There's been talking cat experiences and plenty of ghost cats. This might be the first giant cat. I'm not sure there's been any miniature cats. Well, let's see. (laughs) 
Before we talk to Shannon, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, patrons. We absolutely could not do the show without your help and support. Without our patrons, there would be no Strange Familiars. It's the only way we can make the show with patron support. So thank you so much for all your help. If you like Strange Familiars, if you like what we do and you want to help, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For $3 a month, you get full extra episodes of Strange Familiars. We do at least one every month. A lot of times we do more than one, but we guarantee that one full episode every month for our patrons. There are other levels of support at Patreon. You can check it out. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon and you still want to help, check out the show notes under every episode at strangefamiliars.com. You'll see a paypal.me link in there. You can click on that and make a one-time donation. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, and leaving us those nice five-star reviews, which helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. So now let's hear from Shannon. I'd like to welcome Shannon to the show tonight. How are you doing, Shannon? I'm good. And you contacted me originally because I guess you had a similar reaction to the communion book cover that I did. When yeah, I talked about and you it. said you wanted to, to talk about it. But yeah. It wasn't to the cover of it. It was to the actual content. Oh, really? really? See, for me, I never got to the content because the cover oh. bug, bugged me too much. No, it was, it was the content that really flipped me out. I didn't read anything that man wrote for 20 years. Oh, wow. When did you read it? Did you read it when it originally came out? I must have, yeah. It was Mm -hmm. in the mid-80s. Yeah, yeah. So I read his book, and I wasn't quite all the way through it, but a friend was staying over, and I was telling her about it. And she went to bed uh, on the couch, and I went in my bedroom. And I woke up, and I saw this huge humanoid shape in my room by my bed, probably like almost to the ceiling. And it's going to sound crazy, but it was it was kind of like that Predator thing. And that Predator movie was out around then, too. It was kind of apple-shaped. This, this okay. <laughs> Picture the Michelin Man covered in Predator glimmery, shittery wow. things. And, that, and yeah, and I, and I screamed and screamed and screamed, and it was gone. And that, that was, that was it. It was just gone. And she, of course she came in, the, she, she came to see what was happening and nothing was happening. But um, uh, I did. I was going to ask one, if anybody else woke up because sometimes people <laughs> scream and no one wakes up. Yeah, no, I think the dead were, were raised that night. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. It was I probably the scaredest I've ever been in my life. Mm. Um, now, but I did you, wonder afterwards if if I manifested that, you know? Right, yeah. From from my fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you feel you were awake when you saw it? In other words, this wasn't a dream you'd, you'd fully woken up? Yeah, that sort of goes into like a lifelong shadow people experience I've had that I've pondered for a long time where I used to explain it as... As a younger person, I used to say, I wake up, I see it there, I start screaming. Um, and now, later in life, I, I'm not sure. 
Um, when you say you, always, you see it there, you mean not the same entity, but shadow people? Different, yes, different ones. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever like that. Like that was different than the other ones. But um, ever since I was a little kid, I've I've woken up screaming, and I won't I won't remember what what it was that that frightened me so badly. Or um, it's an indistinct humanoid shape, mm -hmm. and I always, as a kid, I always thought I woke up, saw it, and screamed, right? Or I opened my eyes while I was sleeping and saw it, and it woke me up. But um, they're not like like your classic shadow people that people describe. They are not blacker than black and they're sort of humanoid shapes and you can I can almost make out features and they're predominantly male. It's so hard to describe. They're they're always in the room and they always disappear and they have a very malevolent feeling. And you've seen them since you were a kid. Ever since I can remember. Wow. And and it it varies from when I was a kid, three times a week, to now almost never. And my my husband has a, has a, an odd story connected to this. He says we're lying in bed one night, and I'm asleep, and he's awake, and he says he can feel like like an energy building in the room, and he's lying there and going, okay, I'm just gonna. Um, see what happens. This is really weird. So he says, I screamed. I sat straight up in bed and I said, oh, I hate it when that happens. And I lay back down and went to sleep. <laughs> back to sleep. I was, I was never awake. Wow. He really, but he says, when I screamed, that building of energy shattered. Wow. And I, that was a one-off. I have no idea what it was, but Wow. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, you know, I haven't heard the exact story, but I've heard things like it where people's partners have uh, done similar things, say. But wow, it's so weird, though. Like, and, and you don't have a memory of a specific dream or, or seeing something associated with that? No. Yeah. No, not, not with that. Like, I, I don't even, I don't even know if he told me about it the next day or, or sometime later, because it's fairly common for me to wake up screaming, right? Right. And he just says, it's okay, go back to sleep. And a lot of the times I never wake up. I never fully wake up. Mm -hmm. And you can talk to me and I'll answer you and I won't remember it in the morning. Right. So if you want to know where the keys are, that's a good time to ask. <laughs> well, that kind of locks in with that idea that we've talked about on here so many times about people seeing something odd and then just going right back to sleep too, though. Where, you know, they consciously see something and then just roll over and you're like, oh, okay, you know, time to go to well, sleep. Well, when I was a kid, I would scream till someone came. Like, mm -hmm. I would just keep screaming until my mom came in the room. And as an adult living by myself, sometimes I just put the covers over my head and magic blanket, hope for the best. <laughs> right. But yeah, there is, does seem to be a lot of weirdly going, simply going back to sleep. I know the uh, Whitley Strieber book situation. I did not go back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, a lot of people do report seeing these, you know, relatively giant, you know, size of the room or barely fit into the room height-wise, you know, type figures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and the predator thing is seen 
outside, and I, I've gotten a few what people call static, but you would this didn't look like yeah, static. No, 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 this wasn't static. It was that that shimmery, and you know, I rack in my brain to to know did I see predator before that or not? Because mm-hmm. it was it. I, I looked it up, and and the movie and the book came out around the same time. Yeah, yeah, I remember like seeing the, Predator around that time, around the time that I started seeing, yeah, seeing the book. Um, I couldn't tell you which came first. Yeah, it, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. They, they they were both in the mid eighties, like within a year or so of each other. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I just. Um, the shadow people thing has, has, I mean, they always seem malevolent. They always seem around my bed. And I've had some, I've had um, a psychic tell me something. I just, I just wasn't buying what she was selling. Related to that. Yeah. Like what they were. That's like, that makes no sense. Just out of curiosity, do you want to share what she said? Yeah, she said that she said, "Well, you're a gatekeeper, and they come because you keep the gate between this world and the next." Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't didn't feel right when she said that. I was like, "No, they're not very nice." Yeah, yeah, exactly. One would think um, you wouldn't get the same kind of, you know, every time you wouldn't get the negative thing. You know, just yeah. <laughs> Do, do, are you only keeping the gate for the for the creeps? You know, that's right. Yeah, or my, yeah, yeah, exactly. What does that say about me? Yeah. Nothing I want to examine too deeply, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I feel the same way you did. Like sometimes, I don't know. It just feels like one of those things that psychics say. Exactly. That's how what it felt like when mm-hmm. I when I had the reading. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's really. And yeah. then you say nothing, then, then make something up. Right. Or it's one of those things like, you know, you're a very strong person and a leader. And of course, everyone wants to hear that. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. No, you're weak and kind of a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a complete follower. And, and uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I do have a weird one related to the, to the um, shadow people. I, I called them shadow people way before I ever heard the term. Yeah, I, I, that's one of those names where it's like, it just fits yeah. so well. And we, it's like, what else would you call them? I think, you know, who was the first person to call them that? You know, I think it's just so natural from what people describe. I've never seen them. But from what people describe. It just, well, just be glad. Yeah. 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 Well, my mom says that she, she bumped into one once and she said it felt solid. Wow. My mom is another whole story. She's good. She's, she's, she's not an hour long conversation. She's a book. She, she has all sorts of, of inexplicable things that happened to her. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, if you ever run out of material, I'm sure she should talk to you. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but no, I don't know if I've ever heard of someone bumping into one. Yeah, she said it was, she was on her porch in her trailer. And it's, she said it felt solid like a real person, but she couldn't see anything. And she got the impression it was just as surprised as she was. Huh. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Did she notice a change in temperature or anything like that? Was it? I didn't ask her. Yeah. Wow. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know enough at the time to ask those questions. Right. It was just like one more in the litany of of weirdnesses that happened to her. Interesting. in the same trailer, she used to, and this, we're talking 10, 15 years ago, so not that long ago. Um, 
she said she used to go into the bathroom and take a bath and turn on the electric heater. And there seems to be some correlation between water and electricity mm-hmm. with the paranormal. And she phones me up. She says, Shannon, I hear music. I hear like 40s big band music every time I have a bath. And I had just been reading something about the correlation between electricity and water. And I said, Mom, did you have the heater on? And she was, oh, yes, I do. Every time I go have a bath, I go take the little space heater in with me. But, yeah, that's just like that's just a sampling of, of the weirdness that, yeah. that seems to surround her. So when you were growing up and you were having these experiences, were you able to share them with her because of uh, she was more open to them? Um, yeah, in my family, no one ever disbelieves you. Like, like, I'll have to give them credit for that. We don't talk about it outside the family, mm-hmm. but no one would ever not believe you or say, oh, you were just dreaming. So That's interesting. So, I guess that would be better than otherwise, you know? Something in, mo- in most families is probably the opposite ways, but, you know, go to sleep, you had a bad dream. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that for us, but no one had any real coping mechanisms or good advice or, you know, like I was terrified. Most of my childhood was just waking up screaming, like every night was just an ordeal because I knew I had to turn the light off. I didn't sleep with the lights off till I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And had someone maybe given me some guidance on how to protect myself from all that, maybe it wouldn't have been so traumatic. Right. I didn't, I didn't really um, want anything to do with, with all things wild and wonderful and, and weird for many, many years because of that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, when it's coming into your bedroom <laughs> yeah. on the regular, you, you get enough of it. The, the curiosity is overcoming the fear now. So Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you sent a list of these other things. Can we kind of hit sure, some of these other sure. topics? Yeah, I was just, just going to continue on with the shadow people and the Kachina doll because I thought that was really interesting. That's what my, my eye was actually drawn to the Kachina doll. I was oh. going to talk about that next. So, yeah. Okay, because there, there, there's been an update on the Kachina doll since I even wrote that. So a couple of years ago, I was helping a friend pack up some of her dad's belongings. And um, he had just passed away and he had a fabulous collection of native art artifacts. And she said, you know, I want you to take something. And she had some beautiful stuff, but um, I didn't want to be greedy. So I just took this little, this little doll and it's about five inches tall. And I, I'm pretty sure it, it's a touristy thing. But anyway, I took it and I said, I really like this because when I was in um, Arizona, we, we went to Hopi land and I didn't buy a Kachina doll. I said, I really wanted one. I didn't buy one. I'd like to have this. And she, and she was like, sure, take it. So I brought it home. I was very pleased with it. And I put it on my dresser that night. So the Kachina doll, I don't know if, if, People don't know what they are. They're a, a native spirit. Um, a native spirit of the, the Hopi and the Zuni Indians in Arizona and New Mexico. So it's specific to their tribal religions. Okay. There's a whole backstory to that. But anyway, that's what they are. And so I put, and the one I have looks like, like a, I would say it's male. He's wearing white boots 
and kind of a skirt, a mask, feathers or fur around his torso. So anyway, that's what the doll looks like. So I put it on my dresser. I was quite pleased with it, and I went to sleep. And that night, for the first time ever, I saw a female shadow person. Oh, isn't that interesting? And it was clearly native, wearing black and red, like robes, long hair, like the really long hair to, to your hip, and two of the male things. And I'd never seen more than one at a time before. Wow. So, that, so three came together. Yeah. So, I, so I, of course, I wake up screaming. Mm-hmm. And into the china cabinet goes the kachina doll. <laughs> <laughs> never, never to never darken my doorway in my bedroom again. And um, all has been good since the kachina doll was moved to the china cabinet. And I almost never see shadow people anymore. And I don't know. I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. Um, am I older? Am I less afraid so they don't come? Um, Am I more protected? I, I don't know why. Yeah. I had the similar thing with my grays where I thought they were done. And then uh, in November, I had a pretty intense. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening to your shows and yeah. Yeah. So I, I, but again, I was like you, I was like, I guess, I guess they, they're done, I guess, you know, but then, uh, and happily it was not uh, a scary one, this recent one. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, and you know, you had said something about, and pardon me for if if I'm getting personal, but you had mentioned that you had been diagnosed with MS. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you thought maybe they weren't interested in you. Yeah, yeah, like some part, like it's really hard for me yeah. to think of these as but little I'm, I'm thinking that they're more interested in you. It could be. It, yeah, it could be. And, and, you know, things could be happening that I'm not remembering, you know, if, mm-hmm, if this mm-hmm. happens somewhere else with out of body like I probably think it does so yeah and it could have been happening the entire time I don't know really and it's so difficult to talk about this stuff because it's it's so filled with I don't knows and maybes and sort of you know it's well I what I love about you about your show is the is the back and forth it's what do you think of this could it have been that you know like the the dialogue where where you and your guests kind of get into well what do you think it was because because sometimes some some good thoughts come out of that yeah, well, thank you. I, I think, you know, our our best evidence is witnesses in this, which is not very scientific. You know, if if you want to go with hard science, you know, science hates witness testimony. But Yeah, I, I think science is coming around a little more, though, and yeah. realizing that the, the way that they have measured things in the past is not, is not working. Like, I hope so. I hope so. But I think because of that, because what we have is, you know, witness testimonies, the best we can do is ask these questions of witnesses. Yeah, well, you know. the, sheer, the sheer volume of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've been listening to um, that Sasquatch Chronicles. And, okay, he's got 500 episodes. Yeah. And he's got three, three guests an episode. Not everyone's crazy <laughs> right. or lying. Right. Yeah, know, he, and there's so many, so many themes. That they keep coming up, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think it's the best way, there's a way to catalog it mm-hmm. and cross-reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and having talked to Wes off the air, you know, behind the scenes, and, you know, talked to him about the, the business of putting a podcast together, you know, as well as witnesses and, mm-hmm. 
and Sasquatch and everything else, there's no question in his mind that the stories he's presenting are real. He's certain of it, you know, and, and I would say the same thing. There's, you know, in every episode I've done, there's been maybe, maybe two people I've talked to where I thought, I don't know, but then really by the end of the conversation with them, I'd say they brought me around anyway. I don't think people have a lot of reason to lie. There's not a lot to gain. No, no. And you know, and I've been listening to people lie to me for my whole career and I don't hear it when mm-hmm. I'm hearing these stories. I'm listening for the tells and the clues and, the, and I don't hear it. Like you said, there's probably been under five mm-hmm. in, in, in all the years I've listened to these podcasts that I've gone, okay, Somebody should cut that fella off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the odd thing is like, you know, and I'm thinking one or two of Wes's that have been, you know, on the surface, what seem to be really crazy stories. Uh, but the witnesses are so, they feel so genuine, at least, you know, if, if they're acting. Or the story, sorry, or the story is crazy and you discount it and and a little while later someone else is telling the same story or one that's really similar and you have to go back and reevaluate it's that exactly yeah that that's happened a few times on Wes's show and and one of the times was the guest that jeremy that i had on who had seen the the weird changing color lights in the woods and basically described what i had seen at that area we call site seven and uh, i had to call wes and talk to him because i said that's that i saw that you know, he's talking about lights changing colors like Christmas tree lights. That's what I saw. And if you were going to make something up, wouldn't you make up something a little more exciting? Sure, right. <laughs> <laughs> or something that sounds less nutty, you know? it's Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, you want me to finish my Kachina doll story? Oh, yes, please, please. So, so Kachina doll has lived happily in my china cabinet for a couple of years. So I had some friends over a couple of weeks ago telling them the story. And I took it out of the china cabinet, and it, I can just feel the energy in it when I'm holding it. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, oh, feel this. So she picked it up. She said, I don't feel anything. And I was like, what? So I, I turned it over, and I put the base in her hand so she was holding it upright. And she just about dropped it. She goes, oh! Wow. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but back of the china cabinet, he went. Wow. But yeah, a very, very cool little... Uh, Do you know any of the, the history of that particular doll, or is it just... I, I looked it up on the internet, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure if, it, if it's something that has a value or not. It's actually numbered and signed on the bottom. And it says, I can't really read it. Right, right. Star, star Dancer by Zed. BJZ. So he's a star dancer. And that's, again, that's something that's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. They have some really, um, really interesting prophecies about, we don't have time for me to get into it. Things like, like they, they were protected by the ant people in Middle Earth at some point when there was some sort of um, catastrophe going on in Earth. And the ant people took them down underneath and brought them back up again. And it really, it really sounds like a nuclear war. Mm-hmm in their legends. Yeah. There's some pretty intense, um, prophecy and, and legends and stuff associated 
with all of that. I read a book about it. Oh, it's been a, a long time ago, and I can't remember the name of the book. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's really, really fascinating. And perhaps someone from their tribe will, will hear this and maybe come and explain the Tao and some of the other beliefs. That would be very interesting. Yeah, the star dancer. Yeah. So did you want to move on to sure. the Gettysburg? Me, I've always really had a thing for the Civil War and never known why. And really um, done a lot of reading on it. And um, we decided a few years ago to go see it reenactment in Pennsylvania at Gettysburg and I was watching a YouTube tape of one reenactment um, just before we we left and they were playing I think it's the Battle Hymn of the Republic and um, I started crying and I don't cry hmm. like, like I, I don't cry when someone dies <laughs> And I was like, well, where did that come from? And then I went in the bathroom and I was like, brushing my hair and thinking about it. I said, well, I wonder if I was there. And then I say, you know, you're pondering. Just throwing it out there. And then I say to myself, well, I wonder what my name was. And I hear in my head, John. Like, okay, that's not weird. <laughs> John, okay, well, we'll go with that. So um, we went to Gettysburg and we were at the reenactment all day. We're, we're both filming away. My husband does videos. Um, he does like um, music videos for his friends and things as a hobby. So we're both, um, we got every camera out and we're, we're videoing the whole reenactment. And then that night we'd gone um, to the battleground to, to take some more pictures. And I'm up here on the West coast of Canada. I have never seen a firefly outside of a movie. We were just absolutely mesmerized by the fireflies because we don't get them here. Oh, wow. So we're, cha we're chasing them around, trying to get pictures of them, trying to delay the, you know, to, what's it called when you slow down your um, long exposure? We're trying to get a long exposure. We're, tr we're trying to get these fireflies. And it's just not working. The cameras we have with this are just not good enough. And I don't know how familiar you are with... Um, Gettysburg, but we are very. Devil's Den. I'm, I'm very um, familiar. Okay, below Little Round Top in mm -hmm. that field. Yep. And I'm we're just we're 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 not thinking about anything paranormal. We're just mesmerized by these fireflies because Bugs Bunny is is the closest I've ever come to seeing one. Mm -hmm. So we we took about I don't we took tons of pictures of this field trying to get these fireflies, and I went home. We went back to our hotel, and I, I try to edit at night, flip through my camera of the crappy shots, and, I, and none of them turned out. So I thought I deleted them all. And when we got back to Vancouver, I'm flipping through my pictures, full screen now, and there's an orb in the middle of the field. So I'm like, okay, we're playing with our cameras. You know, is it just a trick of light? But it was made a believer out of me anyway. Yeah, not far from there. I'm trying to think what the area is called. It's just, whew, I'd have to look at a map to see which direction. I know Gettysburg, but I don't know whether it was north, south, east, or west of there. I, yeah, I'm not good I can, at that. I know my way around because I'm, we, we go there so often. 
away from, so, so the, the opposite direction from Little Round Top, so sort of behind Devil's Den in uh, one of the fields back there, we stopped one night and just started firing pictures off and captured orbs in the woods the same way. And this is way before digital cameras. This is just, you know, either mm-hmm. a disposable or, you know, some kind of point and shoot. Um, we captured, I think, two or three photos with these orbs in it. So, you know, not far from there. There are so many stories from Gettysburg. It's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's books yeah, and books. Yeah, it's so amazing. But I, I had sort of made up my mind when we went there. I, the point of the trip was not to research the paranormal. The point of the trip was, was history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I had sort of put this to the back of my mind. And the first day we were there, we rented... What are those things you roll on? They have two wheels and you stand up. Are they Segways? Segways, yeah. So we rented Segways, and I'm trying to drive my Segway and not hit the lady in front of me and listen to, listen to the guy in my headphones. It's a guide. And, and look, you know, it's like patting your head and rubbing your tummy at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> so we're driving along, and we just passed the Florida Memorial. And in, in my gut, I, I heard, like, here. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I looked around, and that was the first thing I saw was a Florida memorial. Okay, it was here that I had that feeling. And um, all this can be explained away and be rather nebulous, but sure. there yeah. was one more weird thing that happened when we got back. So we'd been we went to the reenactment for three days. And was Phil this uh, just, he, just out of curiosity? Was this the big uh, reenactment around July Fourth? Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was two thousand and. The year after the, like two years ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not this, yeah, two years ago. Anyway, so we come home and my husband's editing his grand video and he's showing it to me for the first time. And I can hear someone whistling along as they're marching onto the field. They're playing Battle Hymn of the Republic. And I can hear someone whistling on the camera. And I was like, Phil, who, who's whistling on the camera? Because it's really close and really clear. He says, you were. I was like, no. Anyway, that, that hmm. was, uh, for me, that, that was the weirdest thing. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't, you have no recollection of whistling? No, no. And I didn't, again, I'm like, who is that? Are you generally a whistler? Um, <laughs> you wouldn't want to hear me. I, I can't carry a tune. <laughs> but, and, but I mean, is it something you do anyway? Normally, um, nah, not not often. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I'm listening, well, maybe in the car if I'm listening to the radio. No, nah, no, I'm I'm trying to think. Not really is the answer. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, it um, that coupled with uh, crying when I heard the music right before we left. Yeah, you know. And we'll be back with the rest of Shannon's interview in a moment. You may not know this, but puppies can be a wild, crazy whirlwind of destruction. Actually, I'm aware of that. (laughs) If you have a new puppy and you want help with training, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you with a relationship-based approach to training 
They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group, and more. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. They can help you with things like potty training, fear and nervousness in your puppy, barking, chewing on furniture, shoes, etc. I think they'll help you make the puppy not chew on furniture, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to helping you get your puppy to chew on Crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. Again, find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy will help you understand how your dog thinks. One of the most important things they will do is they will teach you what not to do because there are a lot of mistakes people make when training their puppies. Again, that's 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at sithappens.us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Have you ever considered doing like a past life regression kind of thing? Oh, yes, I did. And it was a horrible, dismal failure because I'm very hard-headed. <laughs> uh, no, I did try. And mm-hmm. um, the lady that did it said that I was the only second, I was the second person she'd encountered in 20 years she couldn't hypnotize. Huh. Interesting. And I, and I really wanted it. Just completely out of curiosity. When you cross your hands, when you kind of cross your hands together, which thumb is on top? Um, what do you mean when I cross my hands? When you clasp like your hands. I, like together hands. like I'm going to pray? Yes, yes. Which my thumb? right thumb. Your, your right thumb is on top. Now, why do you ask? Uh, because I heard a long time ago that people whose left thumb is on top are difficult, more difficult to hypnotize. And Interesting. For instance, my wife, who is, you know, the, the resident skeptic, and I've often wondered, hers, her left thumb is on top and my right thumb is on top. And uh, so I've, it's something I've been uh, kind of, you Well, know, you both have to go try and see what <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have a feeling I'd go right under, uh, but I'm, it's just kind of part of my personality, I think. I, I would just go right under, I, th- I think, I think. And... Uh, I believe she would be resistant to it, just, again, just based on our personalities, but it would be interesting to try. Well, you know, when I was 
younger and you'd watch Ravine or, or Mind Readers or whatever, I, you know, my, my opinion of that, well, there is no way on God's green earth that anyone is going to get me to do anything I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But I really, really wanted to do this. Right. So I don't know if my preconditioning canceled out my desire to have it done. Because right. we went an hour and a half and I got under for about 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And if you've ever if you've ever seen it done or heard it done, every time she asked me a question, where are you or what do you see, brought me right back out. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can say is I saw, I smelt hay and I saw bar, I saw bars. And then I think that you're a country boy. So I think like in a barn, in a horse barn where you would have the the plywood stall with the bars on top. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was seeing. Mm. And it was like seconds. And then she pulled me out again. I was like, nope, that's it. Yeah. That might be, I know for me, it depends on like, if I'm doing like a guided meditation or something, sometimes if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll pull one up on YouTube, you know, and just, just try to, do a guided meditation. For me, it really depends on the person's voice. You know, and I'm not getting into a trance here, but if I can like sort of get into a deeper meditative state, if they have um, the cadence and the, vo- and the tone of voice for me matter. So, you know, I wonder if a different person yeah. would have better. Thought. Maybe. And I mean, I really liked her. So, I mean, if I hadn't liked her, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even tried it. Right. Right. There's no point. If I don't like you, then this is just not going to work. Yeah, I understand that too. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's when I when I it seems to me when I do things like um, guided meditations, it's very fast. Like if I see anything, it's really fast. It's streaking by, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how to slow it down. But um, I just uh, recently did. Um, a gong meditation with some friends. Very cool. Very cool. If you're a musician, very cool. But um, that was different. I was having no trouble meditating. But as I was relaxing, it was a very warm room and the, and the gongs were beautiful and, and it was just a lovely experience. But as I'm, as I'm sort of settling in, I sense or see a presence on my left-hand side and it's a shadowy figure of a man. And it's dark and he's tall and he's slim. I can't see, I can't make anything out. It's like, it's like a silhouette. Right. So instead of investigating it, I say to myself in my head, okay, you can stay there if you don't bother me. And then I lay there for a couple of minutes. And I was like, no, you have to go. You're bothering me. And poof, it was gone. And when we finished the meditation, I was like, well, you idiot. You didn't ask a question. You didn't question it. You just told it to go away. Which, uh, you know, I've said several times, you know, that's how Soraya often, you know, if people contact him with issues with uh, entities or poltergeist activity, he, that's the first thing he recommends. Ask it to stop. Ask it to go away. And uh, it has a pretty good success rate, really. Yeah, I don't think it's ask it. I think it's tell it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that's all tied into, I know that some people think it's tied into religious belief, but I, I think it's just a universal law. 
Yeah. Well, like I said, I think there's, there's some element of belief that if you're a religious person, I think it, it, for you personally, it probably confirms your religion. For sure. For sure. But if you're not, you know, particularly religious or if you're not, you know, maybe subscribe to one religion, I think you can kind of back up and look at it and say, well, it's confirming belief. It's not maybe confirming any particular religion. True. So I have to ask about these chanting Roman soldiers. Oh my God. You're asking about all the stuff that's so vague. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I lived in, in um, Mission, which is a small town, about an hour and a half out of Vancouver when I was a teenager. And we lived like a half a mile down a dirt road. And we lived in a little two-bedroom bungalow. And so our nearest neighbor is half a mile. And I, I woke up in the night and I would hear this. And I would hear like the, the chanting like a, an army troop going by and the clink of... of of armor and again it's only an impression but I got the impression that that's what it was and of course you wake up and go okay well this is Canada right right where would that come from is that just is that just a wisp of a dream mm-hmm. but I have I when I dream I'm dreaming I'm somewhere else I, I find when it's happening in my home. It's something else. Yes. Yeah. That no, that's, sense. it's very difficult to explain. It's, it's like the abduction stuff when I talk about it. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm not, it's not the same as a dream. If you want to tell me it's an out-of-body experience, I'm ready to believe that. And, and that's, in fact, where I'm kind of, you know, landing at this point in time. But it's not a dream. It's different from a dream. Well, I know that you've said that before, but uh, my question sort of with abduction is, okay, if it's an out-of-body experience, how do you explain implants? Well, yeah, that's, I, <laughs> I, I personally don't know that I've had any. So for me, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't have to explain it, you know what I mean, on my personal level. Right, for, for your personal experience. But yeah, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Or, you know, I have friends who wake up with bruises on them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or dirty feet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that sort of does throw that absolutely into question. I'll just say for, for me personally, out of body is the only way I can make it work because it, maybe that's, otherwise it's just so strange that, you know, it might almost be like a self-defense mechanism at this point. Right, right, the, right. The alternate yeah. is, is yeah. so strange that it's just completely bizarre. These chanting, could you make out a language or, you know, like, did you hear? No, because we're talking, I would have been somewhere between 13 and 15. Okay. All right. So, you know, my, my world view was much, was much smaller than not really. The thing I always ask people, and I know this is a yes because it's on your list here, is have you had sleep paralysis either associated with these events or, or separate from? Yes. And it stopped in as a young adult, I would say mid twenties. I used to get it a lot when I was a teenager and definitely that very malevolent feeling, something malevolent was in the room and I couldn't see it but I could feel it and, and um, 
looking very carefully around the room and not being able to see it. And then I used to get it at my grandmother's house, and, and that a lot of weird things happened at my grandmother's house too. But I'd be sleeping on her couch, having a nap, and so, like, but it's something else weird, and it sort of ties into religion because I was sleeping on her couch, and I'm trying to wake up. It's time to wake up, and I'm trying to wake up, and I'm fighting, and it feels like something is not physically pushing me down, but psychically pushing me down into sleep really hard. And I have this absolute terror. If I let this thing put me to sleep, something really, really, really horrific is going to happen. And again, this, this feeling of absolute evil. Mm. And I started to tried to pray and I'm sure you've heard this before just just to say the word Jesus I couldn't hmm. it was like it just wouldn't come then when I was able to get the word out poof feelings gone and I feel perfectly fine to drift back into normal sleep wow and and that happened at least three times was the sleep paralysis ever in conjunction with the shadow figures no. Awesome. Um, Completely separate incidents. That's interesting. No, you know, and I, I'm going, no. There were a couple of times I sensed someone was in the room or you can hear people talking mm -hmm. around you and you can't get up. But not, they were not the same entities as the shadow people. Yeah, that's very interesting because... And it, it's, yeah, it stopped later in life. So. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, mine stopped around the same time, I think, in my, you know, mid-late 20s sometime. It, you know, that was the last of it. Yeah, my, uh, you know, quote-unquote abduction, the stuff of the greys, started with sleep paralysis for me, and then eventually happened without sleep paralysis. Yeah, and I wonder, like, what, instinctually, what was I fighting against? Why would I not let myself? And it felt like going into a very deep, it felt like someone was pulling me down, mm -hmm. mentally pulling me down into this deep darkness. Yeah, it's it's really this odd combination of uh, you know fear and heaviness. You know, it's a sleepy heaviness in a way. Mm -hmm. And then once it released, it was like, oh, okay, well, I, I can go to sleep now. I can go back to sleep now. That's over. Mm. So Uncle Tony's call from the other side. Oh, I love this one. I love my Uncle Tony. This one is, you can call it a dream, but it's, it's kind of like, if you've ever felt like you were astral projecting, it's, it's always light, but it's not daylight and it's not electric light. It's, it's light enough in your house to see, but it's a strange light. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I think so. So... My my uncle had died a couple of years before, and his his daughter was graduating. So we were big family discussions about whether she was going to have a gap year, or she was going to go right to university. And so it was around this time that I have this dream slash out of body experience where my phone is ringing in my living room. So I run down the hall, and I pick up the phone, and I hear my uncle say. Hi, Shannon, it's your Uncle Tony. And that's all he says. Hi, Shannon, it's your Uncle Tony. And I feel this, this incredible rush of absolute joy. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's my Uncle Tony. And I, and I say, Uncle Tony, where are you? 
and suddenly it's just 360. I feel sick. There's no sound on the other end of the phone. And I realize I've just blown it. Mm. I've asked the one question you can't ask. Oh. And that was it. End of, end of story. Oh, wow. But the, the absolute physical sick feeling. No, You know, like when you've kicked the puppy. <laughs> yeah, by accident, hopefully. <laughs> by accident. Yeah. yeah. Or, you've, or you've just said the, the single most hurtfully stupid thing in the entire universe at a party. Right. Yeah, that, that's how I felt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a horrible kind of st- pit of the stomach feeling like, oh. And that was it. Just it was just a short one, but mm-hmm. um, most of the things that I have to relate aren't the happiest. <laughs> but that was a happy one. And again, did I manifest this? But I was ba- babysitting, same place, mission. I'm babysitting for a uh, family with three small children, like three, six, and seven. They're all sleeping in the bedroom that's right off the living room. Now these people are hippies, it's the 70s, they have no phone. They have electricity, which was a step up from the previous place I babysat. <laughs> <laughs> so they're out, the kids are in the bedroom, I'm, and they have no TV, no, no phone. So I'm reading this book. Again, it's a book about fairies and I'm just, that I found in their bookshelf, and I'm just mesmerized. And in front of me, the rocking chair starts rocking. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. So I get up and I um, stop it. And then I put my hand hand around the door to see if there's a draft. Nope, keeps doing it. Keeps starting again. Hmm. So there's me, the rocking chair, and the three kids in the bedroom. And at least three quarters of a mile to the closest neighbor. Oh, wow. And it's like, I can't leave these kids. Right, right. But there's nothing in the entire world I want to do but run home to mommy. So I sat there the whole night, got my back against the wall, gone into the kitchen, back against the wall, sitting there in terror. And the mom comes home by herself. And I'm like, well, you know, why are you home? And she's like, well, I just kind of felt like I should come home early. You know, my husband's still at the party. And I go, oh, um, the rocking chair, does it rock sometimes? And she starts laughing. She goes, oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I never babysit there again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So it was probably something very um, unterrifying. Mm -hmm. But I was at that time in my life, I was so programmed and traumatized by everything else that Everything just scared me. Yeah. Yeah, Any, I can see anything that. To do with, yeah. That would have been helpful information at the the onset of the night. Although maybe you wouldn't have babysat that if they did tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good you know, I had I had babysat them for them before. Like like literally they lived in a shack with with no running water and no electricity. And just just very hippie kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I babysat there a lot, and I would read by candlelight, you know, read by lantern light, and, and that was fine. So growing up in that area, I have to ask, because, you know, I'm a Bigfoot guy, did, were there tales of Sasquatch? Well, 
not a whole lot. Like I am a city kid. We lived out there in the country for like two years. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in Vancouver, total city kid. Um, my grandmother's family homesteaded in Fernie area, which is a big ski area, about six hours east of Calgary. I'm just trying to give you an idea. And she never mentioned it. And the kids were quite often out on the farm for weeks at a time by themselves. Mm -hmm. But my mom lived with a fellow that was, um, what do you call them when you're forest ranger or ranger? Mm-hmm. And he said, and he was a hunter, and he said that he had smelt them and he'd found the hair and he'd actually seen a family of three. Oh, wow. And this is someone that would not ever admit that. Mm-hmm. Like very hardcore, rah, 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 good old boy. And the only reason he told my mom is because she's open to that, right? Right, right. But But he had no doubt about what he saw. And they said the hunters simply don't talk about it. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I mean, it's the same most places. These woodsmen and hunter types, if you get them to tell you the story, they'll tell you once sometimes. And then, you, you know, like they'll, mm-hmm. if they see me at an event or something and I can get them to open up and then I'm like, well, come on the show and tell it. Nah, <laughs> you know, yeah. they'll, they'll tell you once and that's that. Well, it is a little bit of, of a daunting um, experience to, to know you're being recorded. Oh, sure. Not only that, but I think it's uh, these events, whatever they are, these paranormal events are, you know, they'll shake you a little bit because, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the other tapping you on the shoulder and saying, look, there's, there's yeah, more, yeah. There's more there's to something else here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, about 10 years ago, I just, threw my hands in the air and say, said, I'm just going to believe it all because it's way more interesting that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, like we were saying before, I don't think many people have a reason to lie. Even Allison's come around to, you know, many times having, you know, heard witnesses and, and especially in person, once you've seen people in person, to at least say, I don't know what he saw, but he saw something, you know, oh, that's <laughs> right. that's something right. shook that him up. Have been. And uh, for a skeptic, that's, that's the most you can ask. You know, I think I feel like that's being honest, you know, an honest skeptic saying, I don't know what he saw, but he saw, I believe he saw something, but uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, the world is a, it's a very strange place. It appears. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you're, when you're talking to people, sometimes you have to ask the right question to get the right answer. Absolutely. You know, and, 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 and once you start, um, piecing together the pieces, it makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. I've probably, I probably missed some really salient points here that, that um, I'm going to go back and listen to this later and go, Oh yeah, I should have explained that a little better. Well, I'm going to ask you about one more, but before we do, I'm going to ask you a question you know, as someone myself, who's experienced a few things, you know, a few strangeness and admittedly I'm, you know, of late sort of been throwing myself in places of strangeness. So, you know, if you go to the places, these haunted places and so forth, maybe you're asking for it. But why do you think that 
and there's no wrong answer here. It's just, you know, this is an, an, a question I've been, I've been asked myself. Why do you think that you've had these different experiences and maybe some people go through life and they, they don't see anything their entire life? I think that they're not paying attention. Without blaming them, I think you're right. I, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to, to sound like we're blaming them, like, oh, you're not paying attention. No, no, because, no, there's lots of things you can, you can blow off, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, a book falls off the shelf. Right, right. It's easy to write that off. That's nothing. If something happens at yeah, night, it ha- it's a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with this propensity to simply fall back asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you think it was a dream? Mm-hmm. Well, I must have been dreaming because why would I have gone right back to the sound sleep? Right, right. And and doing this show and talking to the number of people I do, I've come to the conclusion that a lot more people do have stuff and it's stuff that they've written off. And it's a matter of either asking that right question or getting to, getting them talking long enough where they will say, well, there was this one time where this happened. And then I had this other time that this happened, but it was really nothing. Wait a minute. No, that that's not nothing. That's something. <laughs> yeah. And I, like I said, I started writing, I started writing these things down a couple of years ago, just, just to keep it, to get all the details. Mm-hmm. And I go back and I read it and I go, I barely remember that. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm documenting stuff for the podcast all the time and for my books if I wasn't, I think I'd have the same sort of experience because, well, Chad and I recently went out to that area we call Site 7. And I hadn't seen the lights in a while. And the further I got away from the the less I realized it's hard to write them off, especially the time I was there and we were hitting them with the lasers. They were changing colors and turning off. They're very, very strange. If I, As long as I can remember that, I can go, okay, they, they're, they're weird and they're not man-made. But even with that, the further I'm away from it, the the less you the realize. The it gets. Yeah, and how we how weird it really is. It's not just some lights in the woods. It's a really weird experience. And then having gone there last week with Chad, it sort of renews that feeling. We go, oh yeah, this is really weird. Like there's something really strange going on here. But without documenting that on the podcast regularly and, and in my books and so forth, I think I'd have the same experience. Or just kind of and, and maybe this is, this is what people what people do is, you know, there's very few people you ever run into that don't say, oh, yeah, but there was that one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you will normalize it in a sense. You will, you know, the further you get away from it, you will go, well, maybe it wasn't anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if that's a coping mechanism or if that's just – the human way of dealing with this thing. Well, I mean, memory is, is terribly unreliable at the best of times. right? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And which is another reason to document this stuff. If, if uh, Which is another reason, you know, when, when, when people say, you know, this happened when I was five years old, it scared them badly enough that it that dug it deep into their memory. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like the very, the very, 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 very first thing I ever remember seeing was not something frightening, but it scared, horrified me when I was about five and my, my parents had split up and I was staying in my grandmother's basement with my mom. Again, we're talking like 1969. I heard my mom's alarm go off and her hit the thing. And I looked at the window and I could see daylight. So I knew it was morning. And then I looked down at my feet and there's this enormous orange cat curled up on my bed. 
the size of a golden retriever. Oh, wow. Like, and, and it was just lying there curled up, like where my feet would be or just below my feet. But it was massive. It was not like any real cat ever could be. And I, Shannon's fallback position is to scream bloody murder. <laughs> and my mom flicked on the light and it was gone. There was enough light in the room to see it clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my mom just said, that's okay, honey. It was a cat. I'm sure it was there to protect you. <laughs> and I did not feel mollified in the slightest bit. I wasn't buying any of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I'm absolutely, I mean, I'm, I'm a great cat lover, even at that age. So, um, but like just beyond, absolutely beyond the pale of my imaginings. Right? I couldn't fathom it. So therefore it must be frightening. Right. Right. And it was just curled up, looked like it was sleeping on the bed. Yeah. And I had, I asked, actually I asked a psychic about that one years later. And what this lady said made a little bit more sense. And it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time, but it does now. Do you, are you familiar with like the concept of an oversoul of like animals have an oversoul kind of like the Borg? Yeah. They're all kind of part of a collective consciousness. And that's what she was trying to say was she said you were seeing kind of the collective consciousness of cat and that this was something that was going to be very important in your life. Hmm. Okay. That sounds a little bit better than gatekeeper for, for hell. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds a little bit more like believable, but at the time she told me, I didn't know, I didn't understand the concept of collective soul and animals mm -hmm. until, until later. Oh, that must be what she meant. Right. Right. And even if it wasn't, you know, the one thing, maybe, you know, a manifestation of that energy or part of that energy. Or exactly. I think that's what she was trying to, was trying to tell me. Yeah. Well, that was the story I was going to ask you about. So you intuited, oh, well, you, <laughs> you yeah. intuited uh, what I was going to ask about. I saw the large orange cat up person. I was like, well, I have to ask about that one. So Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Oh, you are absolutely welcome. And um, I very much enjoy what you do and I, the way you do it, you know, oh, like the, you. your conversational style. I can't express how much I enjoy it. Well, thank you so I'm much. You go back and forth. You're on to something there, I think. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks very much. I want to thank Eric C. for his PayPal donation. Thank you so much, Eric. He is a repeat donator. So trying to stay on theme-ish for the photo of the week, we have what appears to be some sort of cat temple. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. I can't figure out where it is, what's going on. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> There's just some gigantic, I don't know, maybe paper mache cats that are almost twice the size of the humans in the photo. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like in the background, like, um, I don't know if it's a circus tent or... The people look like, I mean, it looks like he's wearing almost like a World War One era uniform, doesn't he? He has like, these guys have lace-up boots. I don't, I'm not, this is going to have to be like a choose-your-own-adventure. A, a mystery photo. <laughs> a mystery photo. I, I, just I like the idea of it being a cat temple, and I'm going to go ahead and say that even if that's not the express 
purpose of this that it sort of acts as a cat temple in the way that Expedition Bigfoot acts as a temple to Bigfoot. Oh, okay. By by having these... it has that sort of like like a place you would end up in a Miyazaki film. <laughs> it does look like that. It does look like that. Uh, maybe someone can figure out what this is and let us know. We'll have the photo in the show notes. I have to say it's something I've never seen anything remotely like before. This is truly one of a kind. You can see the, the just the tire of some sort of vehicle in the corner of the photo. And I've looked at it with a loop. I can't make anything out. I don't I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Would you guess that this is from World War One era, the, the photo, I mean? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, there's not a lot to go on because it's not mounted and looks like maybe at one time it might have been in an album. I'm not sure. I don't... Maybe it was, um, you know, like a wartime album and mm-hmm. someone was visiting another country or was there via the war. I don't know. Yeah. It's truly a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see it if you go to the show notes for this episode. We'll have an image of this photo that you can click on. It'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this. Very, very unique photo. If you like cats, this is a pretty cool one. I'll also have the artwork for this week's episode that you can click on. Take you to the Etsy shop and you can purchase that as well. If you want some original artwork from me. So I think we're recording, finally, the mm-hmm. Where the Footprints End interview later this week. I'm ready. So we will present that soon. And we have a bunch of other shows coming up. I did want to request, uh, I haven't gotten any bunny man stories for a long time, so if anybody out there has seen a bunny man, a person dressed in a bunny costume in an odd situation outside of Easter, we'd love some bunny man stories. Had a lull in the flannel man stories for a while, but we got, I think, two of those last week. Oh, he's so, back. Yeah, so it was... Uh, I like to see the return of the flannel man. Good to get some flannel man stories, and it made me think, we haven't had any bunny man stories in a long time. So maybe we can stir some up. There. And you know what else we're getting now? What? Disembodied leg stories. Like people have heard the stories of people that have been on the podcast and just seen legs running. That's all they've seen. And now we're getting disembodied leg stories, like multiple stories. So they just see the legs, not someone without legs. Yeah, it's just legs running or, or walking. or Yeah, it's really bizarre. So now we're getting disembodied leg stories. Which I'm fine with. <laughs> Bring all the weirdness to Strange Familiars, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing out the the Bunny Man. We want we want some new Bunny Man stories. All right, they're some of my favorites. Just very very odd. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to StoneBreath.Bandcamp.com for more. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Strange Familiars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we're on Instagram, at Strange Familiars.
ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.